Psalm 73, verse 28. But it is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord God that I may declare all thy works. Our camp meeting theme is I will do marvels such as have not been done in all the earth or in any nation. And God has been doing marvels in our midst. That is certain. But the second part of that verse, Exodus 34, 10, The second part of it says, And all the people among which thou art shall see the work of the Lord. For it is a terrible thing that I will do with thee, with you, with me, with you. And Brother Isaac also gave us a word for that terrible thing that he will do. Terrific, wonderful, something supernatural, something extraordinary is what God wants to do with you and I. He will do marvels, so, but with you as a person, he has additional program. How will that be possible? The only way is when we draw closer to him. When you draw closer to him, God will begin to do greater things with you. How will you draw closer to him? It is through consecration. That is why Today, the last teaching for this first week, we want to consider value of complete consecration. Consecration 
the act of dedicating yourself to the service, to the worship of God. Thank God that part of his purpose for bringing us from all nooks and crannies of our land and those of us who have traveled from different countries, the reason he has brought us into this holy campground, this sanctuary, is to draw us closer to him. If we yield to his wooing, if we surrender to him, he will not only do marvels for us, but he will do greater things with us. When we leave this place, those who will meet with you, they will know that it is not the person they left at home that they are meeting. Your friends, when they see you, will know God has touched you. If we are expecting God to do marvels in our lives, then we must draw near to him. James says, draw nigh unto God, and he will do what? That's why we started this morning with that worship song. And I'm trusting that the spirit of the Lord has spoken to your heart. That you didn't just sing that song. You were entering into a covenant with the great God of heaven. That's why we wanted the young people to sing their own. The elders to sing their own. Because this sanctuary is a place for us to reconnect with God. So he can take us to some higher level. Make us greater and better instruments in his hand. Not only for the salvation of our homes, our friends, but the deliverance of our country. I would like to say that the very first point I want to mention is that consecration is not optional. For every child of God, every truly born again child of God who is desirous of making heaven, who is desirous of being an instrument in the hand of God, and we always say in the youth, my brother there taught me that we are, you know, we want to raise an army of young people. Yeah, we were once young, wasn't it? And now we are just trying to be old. But we want to raise an army of young people going to heaven and doing something else. Taking others along. 
If that is our purpose, consecration becomes, well, the English people will say sine qua non. I think I would just like to say important. You cannot do without it. It's not a matter of if I want, I consecrate my life. No! You can't make it. I can't make it. Listen, folks, I cannot even stand here and be preaching to you about God's word if I myself, I am not willing and subjecting myself to be under that word. Consecration is not optional. Every truly born-again child of God must have a deep longing. That's why when we came here, you know, and they told us, yes, you are saved, but you need something more. You need to go closer to God. Because when you are seeking to get closer to God, <laughs> the light of the gospel begins to enlarge before your very eyes. That's when we learned about sanctification. That Jesus can sanctify you. And then you'll be filled with the power from on high. It can only happen by consecration. When we come close to him. It is a sign of spiritual health. To have a desire for more of God. If you ever get to the point where you think you have arrived. Then you've missed the point. Consecration gives us opportunity to come closer and closer and closer to God. In fact, someone has said that the intensity and hunger that will cause men and women to seek God and his blessings is not just a, a simple physical desire that can be satisfied with a mid-morning snack. No. That means that we, when we intensify, the hunger must reach the point when we are saying, God, unless you feel me, God, unless you do this for me, I am perishing. The desire to know God, the desire to be closer to God must be of intense intensity in value and pressure that, oh, God, that's the only way when God will see your heart, he will see the humility. He will see the longing. He will see the strong desire. Then, what James told us will happen. God will do what? He will draw nigh to you. I think somebody this morning will be going into the garden to go and meet his father again and say, Lord, I have come. I want us to have a time of chatting. I want us to have a time of reviewing my life. Because that's why you're here. To review the service you have been rendering. Is it a reasonable service? Complete consecration is turning everything over. Turning your life over. Turning my life over to God. That is consecration. 
I want to pause for a moment. I was a banker, and uh, our veterans often teach, you know, they tell us that the uh, easiest way of actually getting people to know what consecration means is asking them to sign a blank check. Huh? A blank check, and then give it over to God and say, God, fill it, whatever you want. But I know that this uh, millennium generation, not to talk of the Gen Zs, they are, they are not used to checkbooks anymore. But they know what password means. Am I right? You want to come to God and say, God, this is my password. Your unique password. Hand it over to God and say, God, whatever you want. Let me show you something. It has been done before. Look at what I am having here. Can you see it? You can see what I'm having here. It's a plain sheet, plain paper. I put it here. Watch me. I put my hand in my pocket. I bring out this pen, and I sign. Have you seen it? I'm giving it to God. Lord, I've signed a blank check. Write in it whatever you want me to do. Write where you want me to go. Write what you are looking, what, whatever you're asking. Lord, just take it. That is consecration. And that's what you're going to do today. Because somebody is returning to the old landmarks. And may that be you. Someone who has lost his bearing, who has sidestepped, who had been lured into something strange, is going to say, Lord, I am coming back. Complete consecration. And you know, God is a faithful God. Consecration is a surrendered life. I think our sister sang it, and it has been read in Romans uh, chapter 12, 1 and 2. Paul was saying, I beseech you therefore, brethren, that you do what? Present yourselves a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. That is what is a reasonable service. Service that is living, a sacrifice that is a living sacrifice, that is holy. And then he says, and be ye renewed. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. That you may 
approve what is that good and perfect will of God. Until we get to the point that we are saying, Lord, your will, your will. In whatever situation, people of God, please listen. In whatever situation, and our situations may, may vary, and these situations will be different for Mr. Brother A or Brother B or Sister A or Sister B, wherever. But you are saying to God, in whatever situation, Lord, thy will be done. We took that kind of step. And you know, God never fails. When we surrender our lives to God, God makes us his own. He can rely on you. He can trust you. And he has trusted many people. Uh, I want to make a second point. That as a child of God, our walk with God is more important than our work for God. Irrespective of what he might have given to you to do, because I know we are all saved to serve. When a child of God is saved, yes, you are to serve. And God might find you suitable in one position or the other. But the most important thing is that God demands faithfulness in that which he has given to you. Your walk, walk with him. Whatever you are doing must be with holy hands. Keeping close to the master. Keeping step with the master. Yes, that is far more important than what I am going to do or whatever I'm doing. Because it is in that closeness that I'll be sure I am doing his will and will receive the reward. Thank God that we have had examples of people who consecrated their lives. In Genesis chapter 5 verse 22, which we'll not read, we learn that Enoch walked with God. Enoch walked with God. Abraham was called a friend of God in Isaiah 41, 8. Why? Abraham consecrated his life. Abraham was so close to God that God in Genesis 18, 14 to 17, said to himself, will I hide from Abraham that which I intend to do? Look at the confidence that God had in mortar. Why? Because he has become his friend. And God could say, for I know him that he will teach his children, he will command his household after me. You know, God knows you. God knows me. It is our closeness to God, it is our faithfulness to God that will determine God's closeness to us 
will determine God's trust, what he will entrust to our care. Thank God. It's not only Abraham. In Genesis also, 6, 9, Noah was a just man and perfect in his generation. And Noah walked with God. Child of God, are you walking with God? Can those around you look at you and say, yes, this man is different. This woman is different. There's something about him that is unique. He can be trusted. He can be relied upon. May God bring us back to the old landmark. May God help us to live the life that made this organization to have a reputation. That when people are looking for faithful people, they say, go to apostolic faith. Thank God. It's not only in the old time that we had those who walked with God. In our time, this very organization, thank God, it was started by a woman, by those who consecrated their lives. And that message, the gospel light, shown on their pathway, they brought it to us. And people like Brother George Hoos spent his whole life around us, helped to establish the gospel here, and literally gave his life for it. We remember Mother Ruth, Ruth Ashwell, also a close relation of my Brother Hughes. She, her testimony, some of which we have read in the past, she said she had two parts before her. A broad part, filled with many things that anybody would desire, that could possess whatever you needed and all that. But then she saw another pathway, one that called for sacrifice, one that called for consecration, one that was going to cost her something. She chose that narrow way. You, you know the result? Because of her faithful work, many, many children, she didn't have an issue of her own, a biological child. But I know, I am a, I'm a, I'm a spiritual child of Mother Ruth. Many of us were corresponding with her, and she sat on that Africa desk Counseling, praying, encouraging, teaching, so that the light will be beamed all over Africa. May God raise people like Mother Ruth. I don't want to praise our own people. I thank God there are people among us here who have become eunuchs for God. Oh, yes. They have given their entire time to sing, 
to play and to live for God. You know, history is recording. Uh, I think it's in Malachi. He said, they that uh, fear the Lord speak often one to another. The Lord heard it. He hearkened. And he caused a book of remembrance to be written before him. For them that fear the Lord and that thought upon his name. Our young people are singing. They sing songs that draw the heart. Many people have been brought into the gospel because of the songs they heard. Many of these are veterans, some of who are still around here. They have labored and labored. And God is keeping them. Oh, may God give us more of such people. Their legacy will live on even when they would have passed by the special grace of God. And I often tell people, we are passing this road but once. But what you should ask yourself, what footsteps are you leaving behind? The one that others will like to step in and say, I want to get closer to God. I want to pray. I want to do the will of God. I want to search God. Or is it the footprints that people will say, ah, if this one is the way to heaven, I better look for something else. What is your life? What is my life? What's your life preaching? What's my life preaching? You cannot give what you do not have. But when we are close to God, thank God that God is a faithful God. Draw nigh to God. And if we do what? Draw nigh to you. Please. Today's teaching is an application teaching. The intention is not to come and quote all the references for you about consecration. No. I am asking the God of heaven to speak to your heart. For you to say, Where did I get it wrong? Where did I miss the mark? Am I a member of the construction crew? Or of the wrecking gang? Am I just wanting to be seen, to be known, to be heard? What is my life? The consecrated life is a life of humility. And I thank God for our leaders. Thank God that some of us standing before you, we never craved for positions. We never craved to be known, to be seen, to be heard. No. We just wanted to be close to Jesus. When you are close to Jesus, he will beautify your life. You see the fruits of faithful Walk with God will be seen. That's why I was referring you back to that passage. He will do marvels. But God is drawing you this morning, boy or girl, men or women, for you to surrender yourself again to him 
so that he will do, you know the word, terrific, terrible things with you, with me. It is possible. May God make it to happen. I want to let you know that when we teach that somebody needs to be reconciled to God, look, to get saved, you need to consecrate. Is it not? You must. Yes, Jesus has promised. He that cometh unto me, I will in no wise cast out. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will do what? Give you rest. You have to take the bold step of coming. Come unto me. In that, there is consecration. Because you must be presenting yourself before God. Please, Lord, I am a sinner. All that I've been doing, whatever, please forgive me. If you forgive me, I will not go back to those things. That's the promise we made. Uh, and you know, sometimes people forget the covenant they entered into with God. To be sanctified, you need to consecrate for that. You need to, that's why we talk about digging deeper. You want to walk in all the light of the gospel that has been shown before you. May God help us to consecrate. May God cause a revival in our different homes, in our different uh, branches, in all our districts, that wherever we are, the life we live will begin to manifest the goodness and the mercy of God, the beauty of Jesus Christ radiating and pulling man unto God. Please mark my words. That you are walking close to God does not <laughs> exclude us from trials and temptations. Sometimes the closer you are struggling to get to God, the more intense is the trial that will come your way. Leave the people that may stay under, around and begin to judge you on the basis of that. No. By the grace of God, some of us have gone through trials, through persecutions, through all kinds of things. But one thing I have observed, practical example, is that whenever God allows this kind of thing to come to you, brother more, promotion is around, along the way. God has seen something that he wants to do. And you know, God can be refining you. Require you to sing for us. I'm a work in progress. Is it not? Jesus is still working on me. So he can allow all the trials. And we have many people that have gone through that. But there is something that can help us. And I will not fail to mention that. Ephesians chapter 6. Can we read Ephesians chapter 6? I will read from verse 10. 
Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Eleven, take note of that. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And Paul gives us a reason why we must do that. Why we are on this narrow pathway to heaven. Why we are trudging. Why we are struggling. He says we should put on the whole armor of God. And he tells us why. There is a fight to be fought. There is a battle to be won. He said, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Brother, when trials come your way, when difficulties come your way, you know some people are so easy to identify, this person has offended me, this one has done this and that to me. What the devil is trying to do is to make sure that your third channel with God is blocked. Your prayers are not going above the roof. But when you realize that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers, principalities and powers, spiritual wickedness in high places, someone may be used to try you, to tempt you, to, 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 to do all kinds of things to you. Thank God for apostolic faith. Uh, this is a church where we do not pray fall down and die. Return to sender. No. He's not returning to anybody. We say, God, arrest him. Save his soul. Have mercy on him. That prayer is the greatest prayer. Because when you are praying for those who may even not love you, the Bible says you're pouring coals of fire. You do them good. You can, you can measure your level of consecration by how much you pray for other people, for those in difficulty, for those in, and also for those who may be, I mean, they, don't, they can't see eye to eye with you. Oh, they just don't like your face. Do you give it back to them? No, your consecration will make you to pray, Lord, please, have mercy on my brother. Lord, have mercy on my sister. Why? Because you want him to make heaven. Is there anybody here that you will not like to see on the pathway of heaven? Is there anybody? No. God will help us. Wherefore, Take unto you the whole armor of God that he may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins get about with truth. And that's exactly what we're doing here. Sharing the sound word of God. When you know the truth, the truth will set you free. Get your, get your loins about with the, the truth and have on the breastplate of righteousness. Have on what? 
the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith we shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Oh, glory be to God. Taking the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, it is an armor we must clad ourselves with. I think the days are getting more evil. The devil is using all kinds of antiques to, you know, cry and see. Can I destroy this man's faith? Can I just get him a, a little compromise here and there? That's why. The sound one. And there. In verse 17. Now let's just look at 18. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. And watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication. I like that other aspect too. He said, and supplications. For which people? I think you now see you have an assignment. When you have prayed and prayed and you haven't prayed for Brother Moore, have you prayed? No, you haven't. <laughs> oh, yes. I pray for my brother. Oh, yes. He said, for all saints, get on your armor. May God help us. I know we are in a major warfare. I said it already. And you know it is a fight to finish. It's a fight to finish. But when we are clad with that armor, when the devil, when the enemy shall come in like a flood, what will happen? The Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard. People of God, that's why you're hearing all these heartwarming, encouraging testimonies. Because as they got closer to God in their time of trial, in their time of difficulty, Master Jesus, the captain of our salvation, he will stand. That sister said she tried so many things. It was when she had gotten to her wit's end, when even man that she was trusting could no longer help. What did she say she did? She had to pray. Brother, pray without ceasing. Look, a child of God should live in an atmosphere of prayer. Prayer is not well until you come to the monarch's bed. I hope somebody is praying right there on the knee. I know some people are praying for me while they are seated there. Oh, yes. Prayer should be welling up from our hearts everywhere every time, in every situation. The Bible says we should lift up holy hands. When you want to pray, our leaders always encourage us, first of all, soak yourself in the blood. Wash with the blood so that you can be a veritable instrument in the hand of God. Brother, there are a number of other things that promote complete consecration. And I'll just take one or two of such. 
the company we keep. Did somebody hear me? The company we keep. True Christians seek companionship of those who are on the road, the highway of holiness. I think uh, um, I think it's a common saying. I'm not sure they found it in the Bible. Say, show me your friend, and I'll tell you who you are. The company you keep. Hey, young people. Young people. The company you keep is very, 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 very important. What kind of company are you keeping? Those who are ready to show you in their, their video all the evil, all the immoralities, all the terrible things. Is that the person you're keeping company with? I said a short while ago, are you a member of the construction crew? Christians keep company with those who will lift them up. A brother was sharing a testimony with us, and he said, look, I visited the house of brother so-so and so, and I sat down, and something shocked me. They just they just picked the pastor of the church and tore him into shreds. He said, brother, from that day, nobody told me. I told myself. Draw the line! We are all children of God, though. Yes. We are all on our way to heaven, though. But even right from the time of the Israelites, the mixed multitudes have always been there. Uh, we must say the truth. The mixed multitude. Don't let them deceive you. Keep company with those who are interested in prayer, who are interested in Bible study, who are interested in, in the youth work. They want to sing for God. Oh, God bless the choir. I love you people, you know. Because, you see, to get to the level where they are, they have put in hours of practice. They have made sacrifices. Oh, God will bless you. All of us must make it. David said, I am a companion of them, all them that fear thee, and of them that keep thy precepts. That is 119 verse 63. I will mention a second important issue. A second, and I will read that from where? Psalm 24, the book of Psalm 24. Verse 3 and 4. Who 
shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who shall stand in his holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who have not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. Clean hands. Clean hands. And a pure heart. When we come to God, I often tell our people over there, I say, those who carry holy things must be what? The man who stands behind the pulpit to preach about Jesus or preach about God, he must be what? Holy. And our preacher of yesterday reminded us that the foundation of God standeth short. Having a seal, there is a seal. <laughs> Jesus knows you. Jesus knows me. He said, let any, every man that named the name of the Lord Depart from what? Iniquity. That is the gospel's time. Listen, people of God, after I have preached to you, and you see me somewhere in whatever situation, you see that ah, this man that said this and said that, he has not come with a clean hands. Confront me. Ah, say, bro brother, Sorry, sir. You can do it in all humility. It doesn't matter. But brother, I'm sorry. Were you the person I saw in that, uh, I don't think you are the one, but I saw somebody like you in that hotel uh, with uh, a lady. And the reason I'm saying it is because you have been there one or two times. Men of God, let those who carry holy things carry it with holy hands. The world is watching us. They are no longer reading the Bible. We are the Bible that they are reading. You can't make it without humbling yourself before God. Getting close to God. Humbling yourself. It is not the position. It is not the rank. It is not the name. It is the life of faithful service. And God answers prayer. Oh, thank God. The prayer offered to God in simple faith with confidence will surely bring answer. He that cometh to God must believe that he is. And that is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. I don't know what God may be expecting from you. But I want to give you one last word. Please listen carefully. Don't hold back. Don't hold back. Whatever it is that God is saying, look, my son, drop this one. Oh. My son, drop that one. Oh. Say, Lord, 
not my will, let thine be done. I am seeing some prodigals coming home. Amen. Some of them will meet you as you're getting back to your different stations because of the prayer you're praying here. Because of the consecration you're making here. They will say, Pastor, I am back. They will say, Brother, I am back. Remember, God is not only going to do marvels, but he's, he, he will do terrific things with you. A sharp treasure instrument. A wonderful instrument. A thing of treasure and pleasure before God. The altars are open. Every one of us can benefit. God can do that which is not impossible just because we are willing to humble ourselves before the mighty before the mighty God. He will use you. He will cleanse you. He will purify your life. And he will make you an instrument of righteousness. Just come as you are. Retrace your steps from where you have stayed. Come back. Those who have been eating in strange tables. Leave all those places you have been parambulating. Come back to the great gospel of your fathers and God will bless you.